Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? only and longest running star trek the next generation rewatch podcast each week we are bringing you on the set stories of how the magic was really made on the set of star trek the next generation my name is mitchell mills chief consultant of services at paramount and with me is my life partner brandon hobbs brandon how are we doing today mitch doing well doing very well yeah um yeah, uh, I was actually just remembering the Armenian genocide. Yeah, fondly. Well, um, it's 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 a bit of a mixed bag, mm. yeah, right? So you know, on one hand, however many people died, it was a genocide after all. It's true. On the other hand, um, we got system of a down. That's true. I don't mean to both sides the Armenian genocide, but you got to give a fair look at the situation and weigh the the costs and the benefits. In uh, the business world, we call that a cost-benefit analysis. That is what we call it. Mm. Uh, And we've been in business for a very long time, so I think we would know. And business Mm -hmm. is good, as they say. Business is booming. Right. Um, Especially the boombox business which um, is making a, a nice recovery, a nice boom again in uh, yeah. in wake of the... Well, you, they have digital boom boxes now, right? Um, you, uh, you can okay. plug in... You don't even have to plug in anything. They're Bluetooth. And just like Radio Raheem, you can carry it on your shoulder and uh, blast your tunes out on the subway or you know, a public street or during a riot demonstration. So are, are boomers buying boom boxes again? Boomers are buying boom boxes, but so are Zoomers. Now, what I want to do is make the Zoom box for the Zoomers. So the Boomers can have their boom boxes, and the Zoomers can have their Zoom boxes. And my vision of it is that the Zoom box is a a combination boom box scooter skateboard kind of thing. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. That's exactly how I imagined it when you said Zoom box. Right. So, you know, you kind of roll down a hill at lightning fast speeds and... You know, your music is blaring out, and maybe the the faster the RPM of the wheels, the the, the higher the volume goes. Um, there's a lot of optional features in the Zoom box for Zoomers. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you want to invest in the Zoom box, then I recommend hitting up the Zoom box Patreon. Um, and, you know, if you're part of a certain tier, you'll be shipped the first prototypes as they are developed. So if you're interested right. in the Zoom box, no, uh, it's Mitch. It's, it's 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 not a Patreon. It's a GoFundMe. Oh my God, I can't keep up with all these. <laughs> How old are you? I, I you know I'm very old. I'm older in spirit too than I am in in mind. So wow, I figure at take my massive age and add a throbbing thirty years to my mental age, and you'll get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're 150 years old, Mitch. It's it's. It's old, but um, I'm no less spry than I was 70 years ago. Oh, you're spry, all right. Yeah, like the bird, like an ass spry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. 
Well, go fund me. Um, I'll fund you, and uh, we can all fund each other. So, this week's question of the week comes from uh, a Mary Bell in Northumberland, England. Uh, mm. And I got the, the envelope right here with the English stamp on it with its funny colors and design. And uh, oh. Mary asks, uh, top of the morning to you, admirals. Do you have any stories of onset rivalries between members of the cast? Thanks for everything you do. You guys take my breath away, Mary. That's a that's a very nice message. I I like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's I, I honestly that might be the the nicest thing any ensign has ever told us. The ensigns they heal me every week after a long yeah. and hard week. I like to just bask in the adoration of the ensigns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Mary. Love the question. And I think anybody who worked on TNG will be jumping jumping the gun, jump, chomping at the bit to tell you one rivalry in particular. It's very hard to forget about this had you worked on the show like we did. And uh, that was the rivalry between uh, Marina Sirtis and Gates McFadden. Or just Gates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just Gates. Just Gates. <laughs> As the two main female leads of the show, uh, they were kind of in direct competition with one another. They were gunning for screen time. They Certain romantic roles the writers had to choose. Is this a Gates thing or is this a Marina thing? It was very, very intense. And the rival only heated up when their cycles fell out of sync. That's when it really yeah, got ugly. Yeah. Mm. Eventually, the producers started to track their cycles and just arrange to have their scenes shot separately on days where it would be particularly dangerous for them to meet right right it's it's actually funny um the guy who 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 started tracking their cycle dan i yeah. think started tracking their cycles he actually went on to develop an app for that for cycle like, tracking. you know they, they, yeah for cycle tracking yeah uh, you, which i thought was pretty funny right you can um find it on the app store what was the name of it again his app um Jesus, what was it? Uh I Mitch, I don't know. It, what, oh what come on, that? how do you forget this? It's the menstruation it's the menstruation station. And I'm uh, Dan's not gonna be happy that you forgot about it. I'm sorry, what how am I supposed to remember that? I don't use it. Well it's about supporting a friend, an acquaintance. Somebody you know. All right, well, apologies, Dan. Anyway, be sure to check out the menstruation station. It's on the App Store and the uh, Android Marketplace. Um, track your cycles. Don't fall behind. Prepare for menopause. Menstruation station. Um, anyway, getting back to this. Gates and Marina. Um, very intense rivalry. And it lasted all throughout the run of the show. They never really uh, buddied up to one another. Um, when it, when everybody got back together for some of the films after the series run, that animosity still burned brightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think by that point, Gates had hit menopause. So it, it ceased to be um, cycle adjacent and just became a more natural kind of uh, hate, I believe. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny how nature kind of kind of works in that way, where um, you know you think you figured something out, mm. 
but you 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 just really haven't this whole time. Yeah, I um, I you know I don't claim to be an expert on those matters. I try to wash my hands of those situations, and it's it's served me well for these past uh what 153 years, and um. Yeah, I recommend yeah. it to anybody. Mary, mm-hmm. I recommend it to you as well. Just don't track your own cycles. You know, let nature surprise you now and again. Yeah, um, and I mean that's that's the wonderful thing about it is that uh, you never know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Exactly. You know, I I get that too. Sometimes I wake up with a um, a big poopy that I have to take, and uh, yeah. I feel like that's that's my own version of the uh the menstruation situation it's pretty close from what i've heard is that uh it basically feels like you wake up having to take a big poopy yeah yeah which um is not a pleasant feeling no no and you know what i think people take it for granted you know those all those mornings they don't have to to take take a a big poopy right 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 um you ever um wake up in the middle of the night having to take a big poopy and you need to you know strain your um, anus muscles but you're too tired to do it and you're just like how do i get out of this situation <laughs> yeah absolutely and then by the time you're done with it you're you're so awake from right. having to deal with it that you're like i guess i'm just not going back to sleep that's one of those moments where you come face to face with god and you know you, you, you you're you're so beside yourself that you get naked on the toilet because there's your clothes are such an encumbrance <laughs> you you really you really just start connecting right right that's that's when the the universe aligns and you start to see the code in the matrix of the right. human condition absolutely so thanks for the question mary um if you at home are like mary and you want us to answer your question of the week you can email us at thereadierroom at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at thereadierroom, or you can leave a comment on YouTube. Or, if you're really feeling frisky, you can send a carrier pigeon to our P.O. box, which details are on mm-hmm. the Patreon. And uh, we'll answer your question, if it's good. Speaking of things that yeah. that could have been good, um, we have an episode of Star Trek Next Generation to talk about. Mm-hmm. Up the long ladder. Up the long ladder. The um, hitherto the most. What's the word I'm looking for? The most Irish. <laughs> There's that, but the most. Um, I just had it. I'm so, I'm, my my old mind is failing me. Oh, esoteric. Wow. Wow. The most esoteric. You sound so dumb right now. I do. It's because I am dumb. The most <laughs> esoteric titling of perhaps any episode of Star Trek ever. You think so? I think so. I don't know if this is a, a DNA reference or or what, but No, it's like it's like some old saying, some like Irish saying or whatever. Like top of the long ladder to you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't think it's any more esoteric than Silence has lease. Right. I mean, that's a poem which I guess is on equal footing. So it's too. a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, don't get ahead of yourself here, Mitch. Well, I can imagine silence leasing a building, but I can't imagine a really long ladder. Right. It is pretty tough. Yeah. We've like, we've kind of shied away from those kinds of situations. Imagine back in the day when they were building the Empire State Building. How long of a ladder did they need then? Yeah. Yeah. They must have gone up the really long ladder. Right. Or maybe had a system of a couple of ladders tied together. Right. 
Right. Well, I mean, think about, you know, when someone has to go like uh, repair like like one of those one of those radio towers. Right. Right. You ever watch one of those videos on the Internet? Yeah, I have. They uh, they trigger my fear of falling and dying from very large heights. Right. Yeah, it's pretty intense. What do they call that? Height phobia? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So this episode is um, terrible. Expand on that. I hated it. Um, I hated it. I thought that the the so there's two colonies, two civilizations. Neither of them had any amount of charm uh, to them, and I'm not an uh, an easily flapped person. I'm usually unflappable, but even I found um, some of the results to be unpalatable in their uh, depiction of certain groups and or uh genders which okay well (laughs) which is not not the only reason i would say that this episode's bad because it's that you know you can have a good episode that isn't isn't handled elegantly but the bigger problem here was the um again the complete lack of charm i found the one-on-one character interactions to not be very enticing and um it feels like this episode wanted to be a lot funnier than it was. Okay. I am going to actually disagree with you. Oh my god. I mean, I knew that when you asked me to expand on my opinion. But I'm going to disagree with you. I found the episode's not good. I yeah. will agree with you there. The episode's not good. However, I found the not just the concept, but even the execution of of the stupid Irish people mm. to be so entertaining. The mix. I was I loved it. I loved it. So it for, felt you, you loved when um what's his name? Odell. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he takes a drink of Klingon alcohol and yep. his eyes like do a yes. 180 yes. and the, and the cross eyed. <laughs> yes, I loved it. I I'm not going to lie to you. I loved that. I loved everything having to do with them. Now the issue is this episode is a combination of three disparate ideas that don't fit together at all. Wow, I, I can in, barely tell. In in the effort to fit them all together, they make an incredibly boring 45 minutes. Now, what are the three distinct ideas here? You have the two um, cultures, the two different civilizations. The, you have the Irish people, you have... The clone society. The clones, and then you have, you have Worf's little plot. And I think they're... Hold on. Worf's little plot. Worf... That plot... That plot... Yeah. Is like a cumulative 90 seconds. It's not... No, first of all, it's not a cumulative 90 seconds. But also, no matter how long it is, they've introduced it. So they've made it part of the episode here. That's true. So it's just... the The fact that it leads into nothing is... Is... It's... It's... It only gets worse. Right. If you look at it from that. Well, I so, just I was so blindsided by everything else, I forgot about that. I forgot that yeah. that was part of the episode. Um And that's that's the thing. I mean, like all three of these ideas are great. If you look at them from like an objective standpoint, you have uh an old earth colony that that uh, kind of returned to um agrarianism like um 
very, very uh, old school kind of farming type stuff. And, and you got to take them into space. I thought it was hilarious that they're sitting in like the shuttle bay with a bunch of hay and cows and stuff. That's funny. I think that makes a nice visual, but I don't think that bears out for any length of time. Um, the yes, I'll I'll say there are some not some non grading moments, endearing moments. I should say there are some endearing moments. Uh, I liked them freaking out about the uh, fire extinguishing system. Yeah, yeah. I love any time, any time the Enterprise crew has to confront such a such an awkwardly different sort of culture, and mm. it's only made better when it's a culture that we are you know, as an audience, maybe a little more connected to, a little more knowledgeable of, a little more, they're a little more relatable, I think, than, you know, like like some random alien civilization, right, that only only stares at, at your toes while they're talking to you or something. Yeah, I mean, that's, first of all, that's a really good example. Um, <laughs> but I agree with that. However, I think that there's a line that can be crossed when things get too familiar, because I... I don't watch science fiction to see the reality I already know. Um, and if you focus too heavily on that, then it, it loses a lot of the mission statement of sci-fi. And I, I'm, I wouldn't say that this crosses that line, but I would say that it skirts it. When, it skirts it. Yeah, because yeah, the thrust of it is oh, these people have the same reaction to the replicator that I did when I first found out about it. It's like, okay, well, I already had that experience. I don't really need to watch somebody else have it. Um, you know, comprehending the world of Star Trek. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you, but when you look at Star Trek holistically, I think that this is kind of a... Um, a subversion of expectations sort of episode. How so? Well, because you don't go, like you said, you don't go into Star Trek expecting, uh, you know, a, a tribe of, of stereotypical Irishmen to be occupying this, the, the Enterprise's shuttle bay. And it's, it's, not, it's not as if they've, they've really done this before or they really do it again either. It's kind of its own thing. True, but so I think in in that yeah. way it's it's kind of okay. I don't think it's a it's such a bad thing. Well, I don't go into Star Trek expecting a brutal rape on a pinball machine, but I wouldn't want that in the show either. <laughs> you know, just uh, this conversation has been had many times over in many contexts, but you you don't. I I tend to like subversions, but they don't um, justify themselves just by existing. Um, so to say, okay, well, this subverted our expectations because it is what it is. Well, that may well be true, but that doesn't, that's not a positive nor a negative statement about. Okay. The, let me, the let episode. me put it this way. Let me put it this way. We've already had so many episodes that have dealt with the clash between the enterprise crew and their society uh -huh. and the society from hundreds of years ago, uh, you know, IE the holodeck episodes, uh -huh. which I think we, complained about but may have complained about less than 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 you're complaining about right now and my point is at least this episode kind of fits the theme of star trek the setting of star trek where yeah it makes sense that a colony of old earth people would kind of diverge fall onto some planet and just start raising cows 
you know, and, 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 and kind sure. of subscribe to old earth ideas. And then you beam them up and you realize like, wow, these people are insane. And it's, it's funny because, and it's interesting because, um, and this is the mission statement of Star Trek itself is that society has evolved so much that seeing the, the juxtaposition of this old culture and the new one, uh, it, it starts to make you, it's, I mean, it's uncomfortable. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying that it makes sense. One of my more uh, favorite parts of the episode was the context given to this situation where Data has some expository dialogue about um, a new school of philosophy that, that started up like a century or two before the show, what their line of thinking was, and why they would go on this um, exploratory space mission. Right. Uh, it all made sense, which I enjoyed. Now, there was like a dangling thread about like them bringing a bunch of computers and those not being accounted for, which was I didn't quite get. Um, but yeah, I know you mentioned it. What happened to that? I don't think anything happened to that. Same thing with the wharf line. But um, aside from that, I thought the situation made a lot of sense unto itself. I just think that when you spend the first half of the episode um, having, you know, shenanigans for yucks with these you know, silly Irish people and the second half of the episode dealing with um, the theft of somebody's DNA and the, in <laughs> the, the, the moral implications of cloning someone against their will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it's not quite congruent. And neither was strong enough to compensate for the other. Um, right. Right. I, I totally agree with you. And I think, as always, we should, we should go... We should start from the beginning. Okay? All right. And, we can uh, start I think, from... I think it will, it will yep. make it clear as we go on where exactly this episode fell apart. Yes. I um, just want to say, we can start from the beginning, but the challenge is to start from the beginning without saying the phrase, as always... That's that's our challenge for, for the coming weeks. Um, the only thing I do want to touch upon is this wharf plot because we're not going to get to it chronologically because yeah. it's because it doesn't exist so, in the chronology. It, it basically doesn't exist. So yeah, wharf faints while on duty. While on duty, which is very atypical for wharf. He's a stalwart. It's narrow atypical. He's a stalwart professional. Yep. Um, and. Then they take him to sickbay. And in sickbay, Pulaski says, Worf, you have the Klingon equivalent of the measles, a childhood disease. And Worf right. feels very... Um, uh, emasculated? Yeah, that's a good word. Very emasculated by this for being an adult and being taken down by a child's uh, ailment. And there's a nice bonding moment here between Worf and Pulaski mm -hmm. where... Picard calls in, like, oh, what's happening? And Pulaski gives a white lie to protect Worf's uh, dignity in this yeah, situation. which was nice. I mean, uh, honestly, I was watching this scene, and I'm like, I, I can't help but think, like, I'm going to miss Pulaski. Yeah, Pulaski's honestly, a good what character. A, what a good character. What an underutilized character. And in fact, and, this, yeah. only, this only grows because the, the only resolution of all this, the only continuation of this plot line, is another... Pulaski wharf scene, which was handled very, very well, I think, in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 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 her office, they they do like the Klingon, some kind of Klingon tea ceremony. Um, right. 
you know, once again, pointing to the Klingon's Asian heritage. But uh, <laughs> That's true. It's, um, it's it, what a good scene. What a good scene because it shows, again, we go back to the mission statement of Star Trek where it's like, you know, humans are, are so malleable and adaptable and willing to try things that Pulaski just says, I'm going to take this antidote and then drink this literal poison um, just to make you feel good. Well, let's go over Which, all the that things nice. that this scene kind of elucidates on. A, it it fleshes out Klingon culture, which is, mm -hmm. you know. Which just, I love. Which is interesting. Oh, God. It, as Pulaski outright states, it kind of sheds light on Worf's more uh, romantic side is the, the the word that they use. But, right. you know, his reverence for these more emotional things, which when you think about Klingons being all about battles and being warriors, um, that's interesting. It specifically highlights Pulaski as being, you know, a, a stronger character that has a, a lot of interest and respect in, in Worf's culture, but also mm -hmm. the, um, the attitude to, like you said, just opt, opt to take a bit of an antidote and uh, indulge in something that is really quite unpleasant for the sake of the experience. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it's a scene that's, that's a really you you really summarize that very well yeah it's a scene that does so much with so little and it's a shame that it's so little because it's it's such a a minor <laughs> part of the episode. This episode yeah right but it, it's a really fantastic scene and it's an and it's an example of the um the benefits of focus testing um the initial cut oh of, yeah, 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 yeah 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 the initial cut of the scene was um a lot more erotic in nature between Pulaski mm -hmm. and Worf, but test audiences really re reacted quite strongly to seeing that pairing so explicitly. Like there's a lot of retching and audible right. gagging right. of sorts. And based on that feedback, we were able to trim it down to what we have now. And I mean, I just extolled its strengths. It, it works a lot better in its current iteration. And it is one of those things where, I mean, when you, when you hear focus testing, you don't really think like, oh, this is going to make it better. You think it's going to make it more palatable to the... The lowest the, common denominator. The lowest common denominator, yes. Um, but no, it just, it does make it better here. Uh, just, just flat out. It might be the best scene in the episode. And no, it is the best scene in the episode. Certainly. And it's a strong contender. I mean, I don't really think about what's the best scene of a of a season but it's one of the stronger scenes in general in star trek yeah. up to this point absolutely yeah um, it's like and, what you know, it's, it's this and the scene where tasha yar fights the tar monster <laughs> and if if you count um if you count pulaski's office as being her room it's one of the strongest walking into people's rooms scenes i will count it as her room thank you very much <laughs> and then that finishes and we never hear from it again yeah, the, this uh, plot thread had two scenes. Really sad stuff. So, um, now we now we can kind of start from the beginning here and and recap the episode for the ensigns who have already watched it. So, uh, my notes are very very vague. Um, I I have a note that says European hegemony. Yes, that that was a. Breaks pronounced that wrong, right? That. And it was also um, like some backstory, some exposition. Um, yeah, yeah. Because under underneath that, I have I have ex exclamation point a reference to the bear future, which I think was supposed to mean a reference to the near future, uh, our near future. 
right. which I was excited about because usually it's a reference to like Shakespeare or something. But yeah, um, that's there was a lot of that. There's a mention of World War Three. Um, I said before the new schools of philosophy. There was an alt history at play here that uh, was appreciated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so okay. So what's happening here? They they get a, like a distress call or something. Yeah, there's an SOS that is sent out, which um, is notable, I think, because they, the specific phrase SOS is no longer in use, um, which <laughs> I'm not quite sure how much that gels with other established Trek, but Picard makes a point of saying that the decoders at Starfleet took 10 hours or whatever to figure out this was a distress call, and Riker walks in the room, and he's like, oh, that's an SOS, just instantly. Uh, now i don't know what this takedown of um starfleet decoders is supposed to to mean for out for the message of the show but it, it was surely there <laughs> yeah so so they they end up beaming some basically the entire population of this community aboard huh and so there's there's uh, probably one of rick's braver shots on the bridge here where uh picard awkwardly just stands in view of the camera as as patrick i'm sorry patrick just awkwardly stands in view of the camera as as frakes kind of just like circles around the the uh the deck and gets onto the elevator and like the door closes and he Mm -hmm. the elevator goes down you know what i'm talking about i think i do i i don't it didn't hit you in the same way did it it didn't hit me the same way it hit you unfortunately <laughs> it was it was one of the most excruciating scenes i've ever seen in star trek <laughs> it was just like a long held shot yeah yeah it was yes it was and it was just like it was awkwardly shot for no real reason i'm not really sure why he decided to do that but uh, do you think it was brave or an accident i think it was brave well, we can i think it was that. brave we can, we can respect that respect the the artistry of directing an episode of Star Trek. So, um, what Frakes goes to the the transporter room? Yes, to um, see to welcome the people that are being to welcome the the, and, the sheep buying and the roosters crowing. And it's amazing because they also managed to beam in a um, anachronistic soundtrack alongside the the this irish settlers right 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 which you know that's that's fine that's fine i i i don't know i i get it that that choice of score but it was a little too not trek for me um the music was fine well, so i think i think at this point i guess we need to touch upon why this episode even exists to begin with well, yeah, now that we're getting to the um, the meat and potatoes of it, <laughs> go on. Well, I guess I'll go on. I, I can tell this story better than you can. We've been in this situation before. People don't know this, but these stories we like to tell on the podcast, this isn't their first outing. No, we've told them at cons and stuff. Cons, so. dinner parties, funerals. They come out especially just, funerals, right? At any any time, like when um whenever a member of the crew passes and we all meet up again, and um we get to the funeral and we're like, oh, you know, 
that uh, that episode with all the, the the pudgy white people that were supposed to be perfect. You know that wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't supposed to be filmed on a, a on location, and everybody in the the funeral crowd just solemnly nods. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or 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 you know the the episode where where um where Wesley goes to that planet and he and he breaks the the glass on that garden. Yeah, and is sentenced to death, and um, we tell lots of anecdotes about that one. Yeah, uh, or lots, the, lots of them. Or the episode where the uh, Enterprise has to choose whether to value the life of one of their crewmates over the political systems of uh, a planet they encountered. Um, that one we spend a lot of time rehashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, people start falling asleep, which kind of disrespectful but um it's i I, i'll be honest i've slept at a funeral before i i get it not a trek yeah no i'm the kind of guy who sleeps at a funeral right right and you know not a trick and if you can't understand what i mean you soon will not not a trek adjacent funeral mind you but i i buy the uh the thing like all the dark clothing makes me think that i'm in the dark and that thus I should right. be sleeping. It's like when right. you put a, a bag on a baby bird's head and it uh, thinks it's nighttime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know you know what I mean. Anyway, the point is that the we've had a lot of practice telling these stories. And you know, the the whole thrust of this episode was it came about after Colm Meany, his lawsuit against the studio over a you know hostile work environment. Part of the arrangement that they worked out was that TNG would have an episode depicting Irish people in a positive light. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the viewers, the Ensigns, decide if we got there or not. Yeah, I mean, so so I don't know about the Ensigns today. I'd like to think they're a little more educated. I subscribe than, to that magazine, Ensigns than Today. Back in the day, Ensigns Today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they had that feature on... Uh, on uh, the, the 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 Romulan toilets right. last month, it's good reporting, good yeah. journalism. Interesting, actually. I think I might want to install one myself. A Romulan toilet. Yeah. Well, you just got to make sure you know how to work it. I mean, it is. Well, the, the the issue is the stream. I mean, just just owing to the 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 biology, the differences in biology, the stream kind of comes up just a little too far from the back. Right. I think it's but... the the verticality of the system that. That challenges me. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's functionally, if we can just adjust that just a little bit, I think we've got a solid contender for best toilet on Earth. You could say with the adjustments made, it would be the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so back in the day, back when we were uh, young and spry, we were young spring chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of flack for a depiction of Irish people in this episode. Astoundingly. You know, lots of letters, lots of, um, fan mail, lots of writing into Star Trek Weekly about how offensive the Irish depictions were in this episode, which is kind of ironic because the, um, the people playing the, the, the Bring Lloydie weren't actors. No. You know? No, and a lot of uh, them just didn't, you know, they didn't have speaking roles or anything. No, and 
they certainly didn't know how to act. Um, we, we, we sourced them. Basically, you know, it came down to Comb. This was kind of a collaborative effort, right? Mm. We said, Comb, you know, gather up your friends from the pub, your extended family. We can shoot something with, with all these Irish people, right? Something respectful, right? Hmm. Um, you know, Barry, the man who played Odell, he was homeless at the time, actually. Um, he would go on to, to actually voice act after this. This kind of put him on the map. Um, I guess Rosalind was an exception. She was like a proper actor. Colm just didn't know any attractive women, so... Right. Um, she, we, we had, had to source her from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... But, but, but the meat here is that, um... These these were uh, proper Irish Americans, you know, right? And what's this, what's amazing about the poor reception, um, or the depiction of the Irish not going over well? This episode did not even air in Ireland, so I don't know how yeah. how those those fuckers got word of it. Yeah, well, you know, I think I think um, I think. A lot of a lot of Irish Americans were making a mountain out of a molehill. That's mm. all. Mm. And you know, um, I, I think the actual Irish might be more um, sympathetic to it because, you know, they nobody in this episode had the the authentic Irish accent. Of course, you can you can hear that quite easily. But mm-hmm. um, so to the actual Irish, they would know that this is just a bit. But to the Irish Americans, they think that this is a. Uh, this is what right. the, the homeland is. It's like it's like sacrosanct. It's like it's like it's like when uh, it's like how Mexicans feel about a character in a sombrero. Right. You know what I mean. Or um, how the 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 Japanese feel about you know Tojo, a, a character in in thick rimmed glasses and buck teeth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the old Popeye shorts. Right. 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 The, the the pinnacle of um, Western animation, the old Popeye shorts. Indeed. Where Popeye punches Hitler. He's the uh, sailor man. Toot toot. Now, I've been pitching to the powers that be a Popeye podcast. Oh, well, what would it be called? Uh, Podpie. Podpie. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm... It would kind of be the same structure as the readier room, but instead of insights and behind-the-scenes stories, it would just be us laughing at the cartoons. <laughs> kind of like that. I think that would get a solid viewership, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, that was me demoing mm. uh, the podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. So if that's something you guys at home want to see, just, you know, let your voices be heard, and um, the pod pie will... Uh, will be coming at you sooner than you know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Um so Troy says something. What does she say? Oh no. Troy says something. D- d- she said something, right? About how like She said the I first recall her coming into this when they were talking to the, the second group. She said, oh, they're oh, hiding okay. something. I might be getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, they're hiding something, and no one listens to her again. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I was getting ahead of myself, but also nothing really happened after the Irish people. Well, there is. I guess. I guess. Yeah, there is something. There is the there romance. Is where where uh, <laughs> Riker Riker says, "I think I'll stay and give her some help," and then walks over to her and just stares at her uh, <laughs> until she has sex with him. <laughs> Walks is a little generous. It's more of an aggressive saunter. Uh, <laughs> the way that this man moves. Um, yeah. Now. This was really inspired because the the pretense for their um, liaison is a an erotic foot washing, which many don't know is actually a biblical reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bible being chock full of homoerotic foot washing scenes. It, it, it I'm going to stop you there, Mitch, because it could also be a Death Note reference. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, very ahead of its time. Right. In a lot of ways. Now, I think the Bible itself might have been referencing Death Note, as we all know. Well, so, I mean, if, if God is omniscient, then he right. would have recognized the best Shonen Jump comic of all time. Let me ask... And, and kind of put in a reference to it. Let me ask you a question, personal question. Yeah. If you, sure. If you, have to, you have to pick one to be. And I was thinking about this in relation to the Q as well, but if you had to pick one that you would be, would you be omniscient? omnipotent or omnipresent what's what's omnipotent just like like really powerful yeah all powerful all knowing or um everywhere probably omnipotent i wouldn't want to be omniscient that's too much and then being everywhere is way too much too so i think being all powerful kind of lets me stay in my own lane while also i'm just kind of flicking people away like ants stay in that lane and dominate that lane Exactly. So, uh, what 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 do you think? That's a good question that I asked. Um, I would say that I'm kind of I'm kind of into omnipresence. If I'm yeah. if I'm being completely honest, where do, where do you want to be right now? It's not here. Oh, anywhere really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, think about it. I don't I don't think it's like oh, I'm in one place and I can jump to anywhere, but rather. I am everywhere, like a like a thick fog, you know. So every, sounds like a dream. Everyone has me looming over them and in them, at one point or another, or at all points, really. And um, I guess maybe that's not so bad. If you're omnipotent, you can kind of keep that to yourself. But an omnipresence changes the uh, the texture of the world as we know it. That's that's the point where people start making religions about you. I I could. I'm okay with that. You know, um, Mitchism. Mitchism. Yeah, Mitchism. Mitchism. <laughs> Mitchismo. Ah, Mitchismo problems. Uh-huh. So I, I could, I could do with some omnipresence. I would say. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think, I think we both agree though that omniscience is just a little bit too much. Yeah, it's. Less of a gift and more of a curse. Right. You know too much. You can't really appreciate anything at that point. I, I feel the same way with my massive throbbing IQ. Right. Right. Well, I you know, that that is why we have this podcast. That's why we're talking Trek. Mm. To kind of share our IQs with the Ensign so that they, they understand the episodes they're watching. Show, show it off, really, our collective yeah. iq yeah sure 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 which is like what 300 
Yeah, it's it's got at least be three digits. We are also collectively a feminist. That's true. Just when you balance it all out. Right. Now, I wish Get that... us together, this is a feminist podcast. I wish our balanced racial views were a bit were a bit more positive, but, you know, you can't... Yeah, what are you going to do? That, yeah. That's part of yeah. having the large IQ, really. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, once, once you have that IQ, you start looking at crime statistics on Google. Right. Yeah, I find you that... You can't really help it. I find that people with the largest IQs are the ones who use Google the most. Right, right. Um, you know, you search like, why, why is my left arm numb this morning? Right. Do, does this yeah. cactus need water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you find the answer. It's yeah. basically like being omniscient. It's true. With with all the world's knowledge at your fingertips, what else is there to know? Right, right. Uh, I'm also having a heart attack. Yeah. Why is it so hard for you? not a soft attack anyway um what were we talking about we were talking about the irish their the sex the foot washing oh yeah um, yeah yeah so so Riker goes and has sex with this girl um which you know i of course i clapped for it i clapped when she undressed herself and in, in Riker's room like any good trek fan would you get him Riker. Um, you, you conquer that that pussy. Yeah. Now Riker should have done some light flirting and asked had the if the carpet matched the drapes. Right. 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 But he right. should have. Yeah, he, he, he didn't really do much. He should have said it like in a sci-fi way. Like does does the floor wool match the the does the, the star does the lines? hollow screen the hollow screen match the what's on the floor? Um. The the grid lines, the the the, the plasto titanium boarding. That would have been a genius bit of writing, mm-hmm. which I think we all would have you appreciated. Know, they should have, uh, you know, they should have listened to our ideas a little bit more. I don't know, but uh, well, I um, mean, I'm not going to pretend I had the idea at the time. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, everybody has those. Okay, Mitch. Okay, let's let's. Why don't, why don't like, you start? I like to start peel appreciating back the curtain for the ensigns. We're not okay. Our IQ is massive. It's not that massive. Well, it took a long time to kind of develop that IQ. True, you know? true. And it, it, what started as like a ninety percent, ten percent venture is now a clear like sixty-five, right. thirty-five. And we've gotten that from from watching star trek for so long both basically. of us yeah yeah the the it's, it's it's a mental exercise it's kind of vampiric in a way how um mm-hmm. one grows at the expense of the other right 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 um so another plot thread that goes nowhere of course uh we just had to show that that uh Riker has sex um but Frakes wasn't really happy with this at all. Um, not the sex scene. No, no, he was very happy about that. He was very happy with the sex scene. He was not happy with the fact that Rosalind's character, what was her name? Um, Rosaline? Uh, something, something Odell, obviously. I, I right. can't remember. No, but so, it was like, like, um, Breda? Bread? 
Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so so Rosalind's character, eventually, obviously, we've all watched the episode. Of course, if you haven't, then stop this and go watch it on Netflix. Um, Rosalind's character would, 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 would acquiesce to, to having three husbands, right, at the end of the episode, after sleeping with Riker. And, and he took offense to this, right? Right. He said, uh, he was like, you know, it's going to damage Riker's reputation, as as kind of like a you know a playboy sex god type type kind of character, um, and and he just refused to shoot for a whole day after that. You remember that? I do. I uh, Frakes. I, I mean, I remember everything Frakes did on set. There's not a single thing that. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> I could possibly forget. Yeah. Um. I mean, a bit of an inconvenience, but on the bright side, we we got to spend a whole day. Shooting, uh, uh, just the non-Riker scenes, mm. or yeah, as we call them, the the NRSs. What what the ensigns might not know is that scenes in the script were always flagged with the NRS tag, uh, mm-hmm. just to expedite the the shooting process. Yeah, it was always easier to identify the non-Riker scenes versus the Riker scenes. Yes. Um, when when you saw a scene with an NRS missing from from the the margins, you knew you were going to spend possibly half a day, possibly a whole day on it. And you knew you would leave work that day feeling like complete shit. Right, yeah. That would be like a that would be a go to the pub and and get get proper hammered sort of day. Yeah, drink some uh Klingon kukthal. Yeah, some kukthal. Which just steams out of the cup. Now that cup, we've seen it before in Klingon and non-Klingon circumstances. Oh, have we? That's a very storied cup. Just in how many times we ended up using it from the uh, from the prop department. Like we needed alien cup. It was that one, like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, that yes, it was that design. cup. Yeah, with all the ridges on it. Yeah, yeah. Now I always wonder how does the computer know what cup to serve a a, uh, a drink in if it's never specified. Well, that's the thing, and I, th- I think we've been over this a million times, haven't we, Mitch? <laughs> well, Where, over the years, certainly. Like, they, they need to... Obviously, the computer, the replicator computer, needs to have had some kind of um, sentient input, right? Where it's like, if someone asks for this, you give them this. Right. So, it probably went through, you know, so many devs on its way to being installed in the Enterprise, that, like, one of them, at least, was like, okay, we gotta put this one in a Klingon cup, you know? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Do Klingons only have one cup for millennia? Probably, yeah. Have you seen their culture? I suppose, but it's like if you ordered a, um, give me a milkshake, and it served it to you in in a German uh, beer... I don't know what the name was. The name of that cup? Stein. The Stein. Stein. Yeah, and the yeah. Stein. It's like, oh, this is the human would, cup. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the human cup. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a big ass milkshake. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I get you. I get you. But again, we, we, you know, anytime we spend more than a cursory second on the replicator, we start finding the holes. Mm. How, so. how how do you feel about um? The Rosalind's character, whatever her name is. How do I feel about her character? 
Yeah, did you like that character? I I liked her. I mean, she was cute. I liked her character. I thought uh, she was the only one of that group that I consistently enjoyed seeing on screen. Her getting railed by freaks, notwithstanding. Yeah, um, no, she she was funny. She was hot. She was hot. She was a spitfire. She was a spitfire. She was. Oh my god, she was a spitfire, right, Mitch? I. Uh, Do you think she um, swallowed or spit fire? Oh, she's a swallower. Swallow fire. A good Irish woman. She swallow, swallow fire. Yeah. I hear that when the Irish drink whiskey, it, it changes the taste of their um, excretion. Right. I don't want to be crass here. But you know what I mean. It's a yeah, their sweat? Yeah, their their um their penile sweat. Right, right. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't know. I've never sucked off an Irishman. Oh, you're uh well you were at the after party for this episode. Am I wrong here? That was before you know. Okay. Alright. Well, anyway. So anyway, let's get back on track here. Um, they so so okay. So here's here's where the first big hole in the episode I think shows up, and that's that um, these Irish people and this society of clones have both come from the same origin civilization, right? Which apparently had completely different um, outlooks on life. So. So this this one civilization bred within I don't know a couple hundred years, um, one group that returned to agriculture and and drunken Irishness, and another group that named their planet after the Irish word for butterfly. Uh, the Spanish and word for butterfly. The Spanish word for butterfly. The Spanish word for butterfly. You can edit that out, right, Mitch? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll edit that out. Just, okay. just do uh, one more take, and continue from there. This one society, no. So, so um, you you have the group that 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 named their planet the Spanish word for butterfly um, has has no no Irish accent, uh, no Irish culture, uh, has no real culture at all. They just kind of live in like one building, apparently, and it's all gray. And it's all gray, um, and it doesn't make any sense at all that they would both come from the same, the same origin point only like two or three hundred years ago. The the only common origin point is that it was Earth. That's it. Um, was it Earth? Well, they're human beings, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but but they they came from somewhere somewhere else after that, right? Or am I crazy? I Weren't they both Earth. from like the same general area? They were, like they were both from the same civilization, right? On on Earth, on Earth, right? Yeah, but like, but like, like they both like lived in the same area, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, what, okay. What, okay. Pra- I was in just a confused. Practical sense, the only common... I was just confused. Yeah, I, yes. you're, you're always confused. <laughs> yeah, so there's no reason these people would come from such such su- the same place and then have such different outcomes. In, in their kind of outlooks on life, I think. Right. Now, the one, the, the latter group, the one with the clones, they had a tragedy befall them when most of their um, cohort died. But yeah, it doesn't change the fact that they would have had an anti 
technology attitude and probably wouldn't have turned to cloning had they been well, not similar. Only that, not only that, but they they don't speak Spanish. Yeah, it's really strange. And none of them are Spaniards. No, no. We, we have a, a couple of African-American men, of course, but... What's no interesting Spaniards. is that with all their gray set design, the average, the skin colors of their civilization also average out to gray, which is <laughs> just a fantastic piece of um, of set which, design. It was intentional, yeah. It was yeah. intentional. Um, so we spend a lot of time with these clones for some um, reason. Where and here's where I took real offense to this episode. We have like ten, fifteen, maybe. T- not 20, maybe 10, 15 minutes of the episode is devoted to they meet the clones, the clones need their DNA, the Enterprise crew says we can't give you our DNA, the clones are mad, um, when you have an entire shuttle bay filled with uh, fresh breeding material. Right, in every sense of the phrase. And it's, it is literally right under their noses this entire time, and you know that's where the episode's going, but you still have to go through this... 15 minute facade where there's this drama about uh you know cloning people against their will or whatever what even when you put that solution aside um picard just makes an assumption for the entire ship you know uh riker says i'm not gonna let that happen to me pulaski shakes her head picard shakes her head his head and um the the clones they say oh our civilization's going to die you can't help us and Picard just says, I, uh, I assume everybody on the ship is going to agree with us. I don't need to ask them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, well, but you're just fucked. He's done that before, hasn't he? Has he? Hasn't he made a decision on behalf of the uh, uh, Nagilum? Yes, yes, that was exactly it. The right? where Again, where silence has lease. Which, yeah, which was uh, directed by the same... Directed by Rick. I don't know if Snodgrass wrote that. Who who wrote that? Who wrote Where Silence Has Least? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're really testing an old man's memory right now. We're, um, we're going to look this one up. Where I, Silence thought it has was, least. I thought it was Robert, but that's probably incorrect. Yeah, it was Jack. Jack Jack Sowers, yeah. Oh, that makes um, sense. Jack and his fucking poems. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, funny, funny enough, directed by the same guy. Um... Yeah, Picard has made that choice before to, to just, uh, I guess he is the captain. Right, but conceivably, this is not something that you would decide for your crew, because it's just a personal issue. And it seems like one of the um, tenets that Picard and the Federation holds most dear is autonomy. So I'm not really sure why, other than, you know, we have to write this specific conclusion that Picard would make this blanket decision. So another issue that I have is that, um, you know, if you're teleporting a planet's political head to your ship, when you think about it, there's how many planets in, in Uh, how many civilizations that they could go to? You could, you could lift these people off their planet and just transplant them to another planet and just say like, we can't save your planet, but we can save you. So just try to. I don't know, have sex. Also, this civilization can't even be that large, right? They've only right. had... It's a, a few people. Yeah, they've only had a few generations, and they they have two cloning beds. Um, <laughs> and God knows how long those take to grow. So, 
the Irish civilization too is very unlikely to be that large given just the amount of time that has passed. Um, right. So the, both of these issues are like quite minuscule in um in the overall scheme of what the enterprise usually deals with insofar mm. as civilization wide uh complications. Yeah, it, we're kind of the, the the scale of the problem does not make sense here. Um but nonetheless they uh the 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 clone civilization decides to uh clone Riker and Pulaski but not Jordy without their knowledge not but not Jordy <laughs> uh I I I asked myself the question why they didn't bring you know war for security or data down to this planet well it's not like but, anybody uh, warned them that they might be hiding something right right <laughs> of course um so they they go back to Riker and Pulaski go back to the Enterprise and realize that they they have been cloned uh kind of a, against their will without their knowledge is this where that fantastic musical sting plays Possibly, yes. Probably. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I I, I miss that. There's this one musical sting to punctuate a um a cut to commercial that an end of an act that is the most stock um image of a dramatic violin sting for a revelation. <laughs> it's like an as- ascending four notes that <laughs> And you can probably imagine it in your mind just based on what. Uh, well, you so know Trek, from... Trek is no stranger to this. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, in in terms of having a dramatic sting where there needn't be one. Well, sure, but what I mean is this one was so rote in in how it was written. Like it sounded like an episode of a Hotel Hell or something. It oh, was... okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. I guess that would have to be the point, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that happens because and, uh, because they 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 go down to the planet and and they 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 go to the cloning machines, the the Yoshimitsu cloning machines. Right. Right. Uh, which I don't know what Yoshimitsu is supposed to mean. Well, I think it was um, a call forward to to Soul Caliber. Oh yes, that's right. Um, Mark on the art team worked on Soul Caliber. Right. Or Soul, what was the name of the first one? It was like Soul Blade. Soul Edge. Soul Edge. Soul Edge. Soul, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's why. Yeah. That's my theory. My. Theory. So that's yeah. So that's where Yoshimitsu came from, I guess. That's really interesting. It, it's funny because this scene kind of gets buried in the the controversy about the the Irish depictions, but it had its own um, light controversy, didn't it? Yeah, this one, yeah. So, so this one, um, as we know, Riker goes to the, the the cloning beds and just kills the clones. Right. He he blasts them out of existence in a function right. I didn't know the phaser had. Right, right, right. Um, possibly the highest setting of of the phaser. Yeah, double stun. Um, and. Rest assured, Ensigns, we did not get away with filming this scene and broadcasting it. Because 
we received a letter from the Right to Life Coalition about it, about Riker killing these clones. Mm. Mm. Um, in which they asked us to please be sure to wait for the clone to exit the cloning machine next time before killing it. Uh, which I think we did follow. Yeah, we were pretty good about respecting the RTLA um, going yeah. forward. Right. We, we didn't want to kind of step on any toes about... Because, you know, obviously uh, um, a life before it steps out of the cloning machine is sacred. Right. And after it steps out of the cloning machine, whatever. Right. Might as well just toss it into space. Who right. cares? In fact, just have the cloning machine open into space. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Or you just put it on like a Looney Tunes conveyor belt where uh, they, 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 they get cloned and launched, launched onto it and then a laser just shoots them and disintegrates them. Do you think when clones are born that they have um, a developed consciousness or do they, are they more like a baby? Like there's a, a cloned Riker just thrashing about crying on the floor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, th I think, uh, I think we've seen that kind of behavior from Frakes anyway, so. I need to go back and rewatch this episode to check if the clones had belly buttons or not. I don't think we got to see them. We got to see their bald heads, but that's about it. True, true. It was uh, it was very difficult convincing people to shave for the, that one shot, but they did it. Yeah, and that that's another thing that like people really take for granted is that um, those those that was not makeup, right. This episode took so so it's it's funny because we actually we had the idea so when when a season starts filming right we have we have a few scripts mm. together right and um every now and then we kind of film them piecemeal you know when you get a certain director once we've attached a director to a script to a couple of scripts we 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 could be a little fluid with it right so we actually filmed this episode or this this scene of this episode well in advance of the rest of it where we 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 had we had to have freaks and um and uh the actress formerly known as Pulaski <laughs> otherwise known as Gates Gates, Gates. And Pulaski Gates. we had to, we had to have freaks freaks and Gates shave their heads completely just shave actually shave all their body hair really um it was, and, and, it was and, a little, and these little contraptions. It was a little easier on Gates, given um, how she was already under so much makeup to look like Pulaski in the first place. Right, yeah. No, she was already shaving her head for the rest of the season, so it wasn't a big deal. Frakes was not happy about it. Um, he, he, he said it interfered with his ability to pull. I wasn't really sure what he meant by that. I, I, maybe he thought that he was like Samson and his strength in pulling things came from his head. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, he he was he was a very religious person, so um, that that could have been it. But uh, yeah, so it it was a lot of effort on both actors. I you know you you got to give them some some applause here for that. But now the RTLA did not. The RTLA did not, but you know we respected it. You're, so you were saying, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out where the hell this this episode goes here. So, well, after this, they immediately find out the ploy 
They're like, we're missing our epithelial cells. They cloned us. Then they go kill the clones, and then they apprehend the prime minister, and Picard... Oh, yeah, and then it solves itself. Right, Picard just slaps his forehead and says, oh, we have all these stinky Irishmen in our hold. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the leader of the traditional Irish society just acquiesces to the idea of letting his daughter fuck three men. Right, right, that was a very... Which is very realistic. A very... Um, hasty decision um brought on by the fact that he too would get to um sire children with three women right 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 which is a very irish way of thinking no doubt yes um how did you feel about an entire civilization's worth of women being sold into uh breeding breeding obligations uh well on the one hand you gotta do what you gotta do mm-hmm on the other hand, the Enterprise could have just taken all these people somewhere else. Oh, you mean like both civilizations? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's nothing about Mariposa that says, like, we need to preserve this society. No, it was pretty arbitrary. They just wanted to leave Earth, I think was the, uh, or wherever they were from. They were having an exodus from that rather than going to some place in particular. Right, so they could easily just conform to some other other planet's society, or just live on the other side of the planet, like uh, like that one episode with the feminists. Yes, I forgot about that episode. Yeah, yeah, easy enough. No, no, the Enterprise isn't very good at coming up with creative solutions. And that's that's really where this episode falls apart. No, it fell apart a lot. A lot sooner than no, that. I don't agree with that. I think it fell apart at the at the point where you have these two disparate stories, uh, Worf notwithstanding, that could be connected in a smart way, but just are not. Uh, but they're almost forced together. Well, I mean, imagine if the solution was, all right, we're going to take both of you to a new planet, because that makes logical sense. How do you write that? In, uh, right, you can't write that. You're right, because there's a lot of work. Where are they going to go? We got to set that up, and how is this even satisfying as a conclusion? Whereas, you know, innately, two um, odd couple cultures coming together, uh, it, it, people like seeing that kind of story, that kind of conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we spent a little more time without the the cloning controversy. Yeah, but then. Who knows what you would have put in those things. Maybe Worf's story gets more fleshed out. And uh, he gets, he's sick in bed and Pulaski comes to read him a bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) I think, and this is for the record, I think that like 10 to 15 minutes of, of, of controversy ruined the episode beyond repair. I think it could have been something decent, even if not great or good. But that's what really like sealed it. I mean, I agree that uh, appropriating those 10, 15 minutes for something else could have drastically improved the quality. However, I do think it was um, fighting a losing battle, given my general distaste for most of uh, what preceded that. Well, Mitch, I mean, you know, you just don't you don't have the Irish blood. 
I don't. Um, perhaps I should try a little hair of the dog. The hair of the dog that what? That hit me. <laughs> and that's that's all I'm trying to say is that you know us us Irish us Irish. Oh, is um, uh, it's it's really Hobbs, relate to this. Hobbs an Irish name. It is yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know uh, have you read Calvin yeah. and Hobbs? I have. Um, I yeah. didn't. I didn't see the the strip where they just got fucking hammered. You know, at three in the morning. Yeah, well, I, that was a strip. So yeah, there's there's a lot of strips dealing with Hobbs's Irish heritage. Hmm. I saw the strip that was printed in all green, which I thought was an error, but might be a St. Patrick's Day reference. No, that was a uh, that was a Chernobyl reference. Oh, I see. That was timely. Radiation. Say. Yeah. Now, do you, do you know what ancestry Mel's is? Um. Mel's, 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 Mel's. That's gonna be. That's gonna be. Belgian. I'll give you a hint. Um, we we work in Hollywood. African American. Oh, that's close. Um, it starts with a J, but I'll leave the guesswork to the uh, to those at home. <gasps> Jovian. That's right. So, do you have any uh, any trivia for me? I think we set our oh, yeah, piece sure. on the episode. This what? episode has been a, an absolute disaster. Indeed. Indeed, and we both agree on that. Um, hold on, I'll give you. I'll give, I'll give you. I got some trivia for you. One second. Oh my god, I leaned back in my chair and I got a cramp in my stomach muscle. Live on the podcast. Oh, oh no, that's embarrassing. Oh god. Oh. Oh. So okay, so how about this one? The uh, what societies do we have in this episode? We have the the, the Mariposans. And the bell, bell, bell something. And the the bell somethings. Yeah. So they leave the uh the, the no the 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 bring Lloydie. Okay, right? there we go. We we finish the episode with the bring Lloydie, uh, having been left on the Mariposan homeworld, so to speak. Huh. And uh, we're led to believe that this solves the issue. Okay. And I'm here to tell you that it does not. Oh my god, is this story Because according revisited? to Apocrypha, according to Apocrypha, um, this planet is revisited by the Federation because of a some kind of problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely some kind of problem. Um, and my question to you is which Federation ship Named after a famous artist, so USS famous artist. Okay. Visits Mariposa to fix this problem. Mm, a famous artist. I don't think it's the USS Taylor Swift. But... No, that was the other one. That was the 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 one from 2015. Ah. Ah. Okay. Um. The USS. It can't be Da Vinci. It's too easy. It's too obvious. Dolly is a dark horse. It might be Dolly. But I want to say it's an impressionist for some reason. Now, Van Gogh is too wordy, so it wouldn't be that. 
Renoir. I kind of want to say Renoir. Is it Renoir? The USS Renoir? Yeah. It is not. Damn it. Don't tell me it's Da Vinci. Anything but that. It's, it's Da Vinci. Motherfucker. <laughs> you second guessed yourself again. You need to stop doing that. Well, it's, you, you, you figured it out for a while. It's not that I ever thought it was Da Vinci and I talked myself out of it. It's just I immediately tried to eliminate that as a possibility because I, I had more faith. <laughs> yes, the USS Da Vinci visits Mariposa again. That's this. Um, for what I don't know because I did not read the book. You should buy the book. I might actually buy the book. Buy the book. Um, really? I want. I, I want to. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just thinking about like. Now nah, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. What? Don't worry about it. All right. Um, I was going to say, before we finish up here, I wanted to plug uh, my new podcast. And, um, well, our new podcast, actually. I know it's my idea, but, you know, it's ours. It's part of the the collective of our extended network um, about cactus care and cactus ownership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's called The Cacti's That Bind. And every week, you know, we come at you with the latest in in cactus owner news what you need to know tips to, to to utilize pitfalls to avoid to get the most out of your life with your spiny friend that's right that's right mitch and, and don't forget to to visit uh, www.cactime.com um selling all kinds of cacti uh uh at a bargain really right. and um make sure you enter promo code readier for 20% off on your first cactus order. Even, and you can get all kinds of cactus mm, here. Mm. Even if you don't have a cactus, they have cactus-themed apparel. So really, is a good gift for anybody. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. I know that everybody's doing their last-minute Thanksgiving gift shopping. So, um, cactime.com. Cactime.com. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and also, uh, 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 God, who's our other sponsor today? The other sponsor, oh Jesus, um, that was uh, the Pip Boys. You know the um, the only place to go when you need a repair done in less than forty five minutes. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the 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 Pit Boys. You know, sometimes you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe you're like me, right? And and you don't um, you don't really know a thing about cars, right? right. Uh, and I, I you put don't the want to get your car repaired, and that's it, right? And it goes, and and you don't you don't want to get screwed over, you know. Uh, when you when you go in and you know say your 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 tranny's busted, right, right. Uh, you go to Pit Boys. They have every every part you can imagine. Um, cheapest price, best value you've ever seen in your life. They don't screw you over. They they are the the most customer friendly car part service I've ever seen in my life. You're not gonna get a discount from us today. Uh, because it's already as cheap as it can get, but let them know that the readier room sent you. Right, right. If you tell them that you know Mitch, um, they'll take care of you in other ways. Yeah. And, and uh, um, that's that's in um, North Brigham, uh, North Dakota. So if mm-hmm. you if you're in the area, check them out. Absolutely. Great friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. 
friend of the podcast, friend of friend for life. So that's going to do it for this episode of the readier room. We had a lot of fun here, um, but it's not all laughs. Sometimes we have to take stock of life and, you know, be aware of the social situation around us with those dirty fucking Irishmen. And mm-hmm. we're, we're looking forward to next week where we hope you'll join us again in our readier room when we take another look at another episode of another Star Trek after the first one. So until then, everybody, please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. Consider that in the history of many worlds, there have always been disposable creatures. beginning, 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 beginning.